Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the CTO perspective with my friend Mario Paluzzi. How's it going, Mario? Good, Joe. How are you doing? Excellent. Please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Sure. Calling from uh, sunny Michigan. It is a sunny day for both of us, I think, Joe, being Michigan boys. Yes. Currently CTO of a commercial trucking insurance company, Reliance Partners. Fastest growing in the space. Highly focused expertise on, on our bench and Coming here today to talk about CTO perspective. Excellent, excellent. And Mario, where are you calling from today? Calling from uh, Detroit area, Joe. Excellent, excellent. So I know a lot of people listening are going, oh my God, Joe's talking to an insurance guy. But you are not fully an insurance guy. Talk a little bit about your background before you uh, became an insurance guy. An insurance guy. Oh, no, uh, started actually like most CTOs in logistics focused insurance companies. Went to Michigan State, graduated with an advertising degree with a focus on Spanish. I found my way out to, I'll call it sort of the, the hotbed of, of logistics talent development over in Chicago. Uh, at a little company called Coyote Logistics back in the day. Wow. Worked there, worked there for quite a while. Actually started in, in the carrier relationship game. Uh, worked my way into technology. Left there as a SVP of tech strategy and delivery. Found my way over to a, a company, Logistic Dynamics, based out of Buffalo. CIO over there and then met back with, uh, we'll say, some old friends on a really fun kind of roller coaster ride upward trajectory over at this company, Reliance Partners. So very, you know, it it, it is insurance, but uh, I like to think we take a very kind of logistics focused, experienced approach to, to insurance. So do you guys insure trucks or brokers or who do you insure? All of, all of it, Joe. If you if you if you uh, can say you're related to logistics, we're happy to talk to you. But yeah, a, a lot of names I think you would know in the in the brokerage in the in the large fleet, small fleet carrier space. We offer solutions, you know, up and down as well as just general commercial insurance. But yeah, our, our focus is on no trucker left behind. We say we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find the perfect the perfect solution for for anybody who talks to us. Excellent, excellent. So Mario, before we get into all of this. Your background, you mentioned you, you didn't come from the tech side. You came from advertising and logistics. And how did you get into the tech side? It's a great question. Well, anybody listening to this that knows me knows uh, I'm not great at holding my opinions back, we'll say, or, or keeping my ideas quiet. But so started in started in the carousel space at Coyote. And, you know, at that point, a relatively small company, far smaller than it than it is today. But the, you know, we had a technology department. We were doing good things. I was brought up as of one of two kind of initial product owners. So in a role that was very kind of the bridge between uh, business and technology. And then from there, oh, from there, we, you know, the I guess the story, the story unfolds. But I think it's a good testament to a lot of people out there. Technology is a language you got to learn and that, that makes sense. But at the end of the day, it's a business department, right? It's a it's a, a function of the business increasingly more so every day. So. Yep. And what I like about when we were talking is you don't have just the the tech side and you have the logistics side and the broker side and now in the insurance side, but also the CTO. And, and what I joke about on this podcast sometimes is we have a lot of people who came purely from tech and they're trying to understand 
freight brokerage that's trying to understand three PLs, carriers, that the whole business that you know you were kind of born and raised in. Sure. And there's other guys who are coming from a logistics perspective, maybe a, a warehousing perspective, and they don't know tech, but they are fantastic operators, fantastic sales teams. And we have to get, I think, and you're one of them. You're that new breed that has both. And I think that's increasingly what we have to become. And that, that, I think people listen to my podcast, I hear feedback from it is, I, I need to understand what's going on out there because I'm not a tech guy or I'm not a logistics guy and I need to be. And there's, and there's a quick way to power through that. If you're going to deal with the problem, you should have folks with that experience on the same, sitting around the same table as the folks with the tech experience and, 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 you know, break down some of those walls where I think a lot of this stuff goes awry. Right. And I always say like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not from the uh, tech side either. And what I always joke about is there's a fear of, of not not seeming smart. So you go into a meeting, so he says, hey, you know, we got an API for that. Don't worry about AI, I'll do that. ML will do this. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, the secret <laughs> is most of them don't know what it means either. So I think the name of the game is keep it simple. And you have to be able to explain simply what your technology is being doing. And I think, you know, you got to involve the guys. So I think where you came from, you guys obviously did that very well at Coyote because that's what they're known for. Sure. Anyway, so we had, before we hit record, we were talking for a long time about a whole bunch of stuff, but we were talking a lot about the CTO perspective and you put together some talking points. So we have four or five points I want to talk about today. I think we could probably do 10, but let's just do five. So what is the CTO perspective looking at the transportation, logistics, 3PL space? Give me that first point that a CTO like yourself looks at. Yeah, I think I think first off, it's it should be said that where we're at today, even, you know, one of one of the earliest things that I was doing, you know, in, in the tech space was working on a mobile app, you know, at a logistics brokerage. Now you look outside and just about everybody has one. You know, there's even right. companies like Hall Hero coming online that are saying, why don't we create a mobile app that anybody could use, uh, you know, various different brokerages. So to see where it's evolved to today, where, you know, my LinkedIn feed is filled up constantly with, we got real-time quoting and we have a digital marketplace and we have a mobile app. It's, it's, it's pretty astounding, to be honest with you. I think I think what will be interesting to see is now in this particular space, technology is is a baseline to play the game. If you don't have technology, table uh, you can't speak table stakes, <laughs> right? So what, what I think we're moving through very, very quickly because this is the tech space, uh, I think what we're moving to quickly is who's going to take that next leap? You know, now that everybody, it used to be, we have a mobile app, isn't it great? And now it's, you know, hey, a driver now needs to have 35 mobile apps if they're going to work with 35 different, you know, different brokers, providers. So it'll be interesting to see how, who, who can move beyond sort of the standard, this is the thing that didn't exist, we now have it. What are we going to do to, to extend that to start creating, a, you know, more impact across the whole value chain? Right. Uh, tracking is a great example. Now, you know, 15 minute tracking is the, is the new sort of, uh, this is just the standard. This is what people are looking for. How many people can provide it? A ton. There's a ton of providers that'll that'll link you up to it and you know their names. But now what do you do with that tracking? I can follow a dot on a map. Great. I can show you the dot on a map. Great. But what are we doing to actually use that information to dynamically, you know, improve the outcome of a particular shipment? I think that still is is has a ways to go. Yep. Yep. And so we're talking about investments in tech coming up short. So that was one of your points. You had sent me yeah. an email on yeah. it. So 
What do you mean? What do you mean coming up short? Yeah. So, I mean, you and I actually, we were having a good conversation around that, the, the, you know, PWC survey and there's, there's a pretty significant. Yeah. I think, I think that was shared. Uh, I think when I would say Mike Mulqueen, somebody was shared it on LinkedIn. I forwarded it to you and you yeah. actually knew what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> I knew enough, I suppose. But yeah, I think, I think it's interesting to see, right? It was, it was, you know, the amount of, of tech investment going into this space. And you'd assume that everybody was just getting wins all over the place and high-fiving one another. But there is a significant amount on that pie chart, right? Of, of people saying, we're not getting what we want. And I think I think a large portion of that goes to one of our first points, which is, this is an age old industry. This industry has been going around since, you know, going on since horse and carriage. The difference is now tech is slamming into it full speed, right? Saying this is, this is a, a, the table stakes to even play the game. What's happening is you have this kind of interesting old old new dynamic, right? And I think I think what where people are finding some of that displeasure is they're saying, oh, just like any other operational thing, it's like a warehouse. We just got to optimize. We got to get the one thing. And when this thing is done, we're now better. When in reality, this is a very interconnected system here. Uh, knowing, you know, having tracking information without the ability to know how that adjusts, you know, what your actual scheduled appointment time is at a particular dock or the ability to you know, to dynamically adjust what carriers are performing better than others based on information. It's a much wider circle. And I think that's what we're starting to see, right? Is this this very small, maybe from a pickup to a delivery, we're just slamming tech into that particular spot. But it's interesting, you know, I think people are going to have to start just thinking bigger. And the reality is, Joe, not a lot of that stuff is online. And I think, I think you'll see more people in this industry like myself getting out into some of these other parts of the greater sort of supply chain, even just sort of this logistics focused area of the supply chain, but putting some of those components online and, and, and allowing people to use that. Yeah. And I think what you see is when you start, when, you, when there's this big, I'll call it like almost the gold rush, right? Everybody needs tech. So everybody starts spending and not every tech dollar, not every dollar invested in tech has the same impact. And, and I think we get to these local optimums, right? So when we think about your technology spend, you need to make sure that you're actually getting an ROI on it. And I think all, it, it, you, ideally, I want to say, we spent $100,000 on this new tech, whatever it might have been, and it saved us this much time or added this much more value for our customers. It can't just be we spent on tech. And I think in in the push, and again, I think everybody feels that push right now, Spend, spend, spend. And we had some good years here. Then a lot of companies spent a lot on tech. We got all the VCs saying spend on tech. Yeah. We got to make sure those dollars actually were well spent. Well, and that's a fundamental. I mean, some of this is what's happening in logistics, but technology in general, right? If you go at and say, you know, and a lot of this is very project based. And that goes back to, I think, the, the maybe the more operational mindset that the industry's always had. But if you come in and say, hey, if we complete this project, we will be, we will have succeeded on this thing. Uh, very rarely is that going to work out for you. Now, now what you can do is say, "Hey, we're going to reduce this by ten percent, and we're going to or we're going to shift time of ten percent of this person's time should now be focused on this thing that's a better use of it." Now, you guess what? There's a thousand ways to do that, and, and guess what? Nobody's going to know the right one. So what you need to do is you incrementally keep solving things, and if it's moving that needle, whether right. you think it's the best idea in the world or not, if it's moving that needle, you're doing what you need to be doing and spending your dollars correctly. And I think a lot of you know, I, I think that's a hard mindset for people to get into because it's you know, this thing is exactly right. We'll build it. It better be on time and it's all going to be perfect. Right. I've been on a lot of projects, Joe. That's not how they work. Well, I, I know you being the CTO, you've probably gotten in trouble for this kind of thing in the past uh, or <laughs> been asked these questions. I'm in trouble for a lot of stuff in the past. But when somebody says, hey, Mario, 
we spent that money. What is the value? And you go, well, we're trying to figure that out. Wrong answer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that the measurements come first. I think that's the biggest thing that's happening is that all of these systems are creating data. We all know that, right? And the data is becoming robust. People are thinking data first. I'm going to have this, but where am I going to store it? And how can I report on it to know before I start this 10% is the number I'm looking at. So I better have a way of quantifying what I'm doing against that 10% to see if the needle's moving. But I, I can tell you there's a, you know, any, any well executed technology initiative, technology project is going to involve complete buy-in from folks all around each side of the company sitting around a table and all believing that the outcomes will matters because you're never going to be able to do it in isolation. If you come up to me and say, why didn't this project succeed? You know, and well, why did we do this project? You know, you can go back and forth. It's, it's, we want to get to a common number that we can all understand. We know that this strategically is what matters is moving this number, increasing it or decreasing it. Now let's sit around and find the best way to do it. And if it's working, you know, hell if we knew how we got there, but if it's working, then we're doing the right things. Let's keep doing it. Right. So the first point is, and it's really based off that Price Waterhouse Coopers yeah. research, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, is the first thing is some tech investments are coming up short. Not all, some. Yeah. And and it's more it's more than anybody wants to think about. And so we really have to really be diligent up front before you, before you write that check to the techies make sure you understand what you're trying to get from it. And, and a good CTO will steer you in this direction. Absolutely. And don't get lost in the words. It's big data. It's got AI. It's got, you know, listen, I, once again, this is not the space I, I thought I'd end up in, right? But I find technology to be really intriguing because it's the single best way I, I, I feel to solve a lot of these really big, highly impactful, you know, business problems. Tell us what is the second second thing that a CTO will be looking at when it when you move into a, like a new project. Yeah, I mean, one one I will just reiterate on the, on the last topic. We can't get lost in the words, right? The words at the end of the day, the these are all you can explain them in very simple terms. How the how the, the you know the sausage is being made is is another thing. But at the end of the day, uh, having a clear vision from a business perspective and making sure that that tech team buys into that business perspective because they have a lot of things that they can make decisions on constantly that are going to say, oh, that's not as big of a deal as we might think it is because we know the business problem is X. So I'll keep going back to the single thing being if you can stare at that objective number and you all know laser focus that that's the number that needs to move, you're going to find success no matter what. Most importantly, because when it's not moving, you're going to cut bait and you're going to figure out something else, right? You're going to figure right. out the right way to go. Don't keep mining because your name's on it and you feel like you got to get there, right? The reality is we're going after a number and there's a lot of different ways to get there. I think uh, I think another thing, you know, that can lead to stuff like the, you know, dissatisfaction with some of the technology initiatives, it's focusing on constantly being time savings. Technology is great for saving time. You can automate, right? You can you can amplify what one person can do. All of that matters. What are you going to do then? Like we've, we've reduced the cost. We have less bodies doing this particular task we think is, is simple. What, how are we upscaling people, right? How are we making systems? Right. And this is a big, a big direction I think a lot of this goes, which says, yeah, we know that this is trending to be late. Today, that's what a system will tell you. You don't have to track, you know, put the tracking notes in there. The system can tell you how something's. Now, what, do you, what, what is the system doing to advise the best way to, to solve that particular problem. Right. And I think that's what leads to the best outcome, specifically in kind of the in the, the broker space. That's what leads to the best solutions for, you know, the shippers and the carriers who are going, I don't know what you want me to say. It's raining. I'm pulled over on the side of the road. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get there. It's how can we then readjust everything dynamically across these systems? And, and that's where a lot of this is going to require more systems coming online being able to you know play the game in, in more of a kind of a platform ecosystem. Yeah, I think 
we all had these things that we did anecdotally for a long time. So I would say to one of my shippers, hey, you know, I could save you. I could get you a better rate on that truck if you would just call me one day sooner. Because you keep calling me on Thursday night saying I need a truck Friday morning. And, on, and, and you keep screwing me up on Friday the, on the 31st of the month and asking why I can't get you a truck. on. Well, we all kind of anecdotally knew that. If you called me on Wednesday and said I need a truck, I'll get you a much better price, right? We knew that. So we said those things. Now you mentioned the upskilling, right? So now I'm now as a, a freight broker or a 3PL, now that I have maybe better data, now I can say show actually show a, a customer or a shipper. Guys, here's 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 the average price for that lane when you called me on Thursday. When you called me on Wednesday, it goes down 20%. If you call me on Tuesday, it goes down 22%. That's So I think then we get to the point where we're becoming consultative. Everyone loves to say that they're consultative, but actually with data. So now if I have really good data, I go see my shippers and say, yeah, you want me to save you 50 bucks on this load. Let's not talk about 50 bucks on this load. Let's look across this year, your annual spend. How would we save you 10% on that? And- and it's with data, you know. And take it a step further than that, Joe. Let's not even talk about saving money. Let's say spending the same amount of money, but reducing the amount of spend you're, you're, you're dealing with because everything's out of whack and it's all last minute and it's all out of time. So if you could get a more consistent, reliable, you know, safe experience on that particular shipment, you might pay the same amount because the disruption upstream or downstream is going to be far different. And I think that's that bigger picture. How do you get there? It's Right. To me, this is an industry, interestingly enough, for as much as it is, everybody must be a part of it to function like any big macro thing, but it's very silent, it's very walled off. It's uh, If you would just tell me you were running late and this person knew that in advance, they would shift it around because they don't want to be staying over after hours to unload it anyway, right? But what happens is it's very, you move thing from here to there. It's my job to tell you, you know, to do the thing that moves it to the next step. And we need to be, these there's walls here. And I think, I think that's where this whole thing this is a very simple thing when you stare at it and think if all these things were talking to each other, this all sounds pretty straightforward, right? Right. But there's a lot of walls and I think technology needs to help break them down. People need to be willing to to partner on, there's a new baseline. Let's all partner and just understand this is what it is today. Now make your differentiation what you could do beyond that. That's that's where it gets interesting. Take those silos out of there. And by the way, you mentioned it doesn't necessarily have to save money. There was a project I worked on years ago, not so many years ago, right before COVID though. And it was a company that spent a lot of money every year on freight. And they said, we need a new, potentially new third-party logistics company. And we did get that. And what's interesting is I was working with one group of guys from procurement who just said, Joe, just save us money, save us money, save us money, save us money. The project shifted over to a VP who was not from logistics. Just And he said, well, I'm looking at and talking, I'm looking at some data here. I'm talking to some of our customers and they hate the way we deliver. They hate how there's a lot of damage, there's a lot of uncertainty. And then he said, and you're telling me we should save money. And, and, I, and I was like, well, I'm not, that's this is how the project started. And to his, um, he came in with fresh eyes and said, let's do this really well. And, and he had a different perspective, which I loved. And he said, let's win business because we do this better than all of our competitors. Let's so so we always have this. You you mentioned earlier a narrow perspective on 
I picked it up at this at DC and I delivered it here. That is the whole world. It's not the whole world, right? There's a not, big not world beyond all. us, right? Not at all. And so I think that is that is part of that upskilling. And I think we, we're going to have a lot more data to look at. And I think we all have to kind of plan on, all right, a lot more of the work is automated. A lot more of the work is as easy rather than managing 10 loads maybe i'm managing hundreds because the technology is doing something what value am i going to add so i think that's a great point i think that's a big question people are going to have to answer inside of themselves right it's listen this doesn't get any the jobs don't get easier just as technology grows normally technology takes care of the easy ones every day you move it it's this amount of money it goes from here to there that's a very predictable problem right those things start to go away what happens is now, this is difficult. I have 100 shipments and I'm only dealing with these complex problem solving scenarios where I have to find my way out of this, this difficult kind of corner that I'm in and help somebody advise them on how they do that. That's a different, that's a much different type of job. And, it, and it's just where this is going to evolve to, right? So we all have to, so what, what it really means is from the, from the CTO perspective, which is what you are, is we need to prepare our teams that as, as the tech does the easy stuff, it's going to throw you into a job that is more difficult. And I think what it's going to require us to do is become, rather than say I'm a freight broker or I'm a 3PL and I only do this to this, you're going to have to say, I'm a retail expert. And I understand the retail from ordered from the time it's sourced in China to the time it's delivered. And I understand the reverse logistics in case there's a return. And that's what we're going to have to become. Become part of that supply chain, not just... Uh, not just a little cog in a big machine. Absolutely. I, I love the concept uh, uh, T-shape, right? Doesn't mean you can't be a little wider up top and, and be sort of dynamic, right? But it's a, what are you, what is your thing, right? What is, what can you say you're an expert at? And to be honest with you, why don't we, how do you make systems so that somebody who starts day one is, is 10 times faster at getting to that point of expertise than somebody else? I believe technology is a, a very important aspect in doing that, right? Yeah, I've said it many times is you want to be, you don't want to be, I should say, a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. You want to be an inch wide and a mile deep, but you can be that T-shaped, as you said, which is have knowledge of the entire supply chain sure. and be potentially really good at the, 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 uh, the freight part of it. And I think, Joe, a lot, I mean, we haven't, we haven't even touched on or seen really the impacts of what sort of this big broker kind of explosion is going to lead to, which is a lot of people that are going to find their ways into a lot of these niche parts of the industry, right? So there's more, I mean, you know, in college, there wasn't a ton of people saying, I'm going to go work at a freight broker. Five years out of college, a lot of people that I knew were working at, you know, at freight brokers. It, it's a it's a job that sort of was a perfect way into the supply chain industry, which is, is only growing from here. So I think you start to find what's this next level. I mean, I look back to people I've worked with, you know, at Coyote and, and it's funny to see where they're all at, you know, all the different companies where they're, a lot of them are in these high, high leadership positions. And it's because, you know, that's how this is, this evolves. I think you start to, to have more of that expertise because guess what? The baseline from technology means that we're all good enough. Okay, we've all reached that barrier once again. Now, what makes us? What is the true differentiator? If we have, we have a mobile app, we you know we have real time tracking. And just speaking about the, the you know the freight brokerage space, if we say that that's not what everybody has, now what's going to make you different than the next person? You know that just has another person on the phone calling and solving problems. I think I think it'll be interesting to see who really capitalizes on that. And when I say really, not who's got a shiny, sexy, look at this brand new thingamabob, and we're the first ever who's made this right. magical thing happen, and, and really kind of and, and kind of peel that back a bit and say, what are you actually able to do? And 
And if it's through technology, you know, what's the convincing, what's the convincing story you have that actually shows tech's making a difference other than just, I have, I have this thing, isn't it shiny? Which happens a lot, Joe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, this this is still an industry that is consolidating. It's an industry that is is still going to see a lot of um, big changes as the private equity guys come in and the venture capitalists come in, and you see huge carriers are going to get bigger, the bigger the because they have some advantages, and we're also going to sure. see some of these large brokers are going to get bigger. I don't think we're going to see. 17,000 brokers like we have right now in 10, 15 years, I think it'll be a lot less. Sure. And so I'm going to summarize the first two points we talked about. Then I want to talk about the third point that the CTO will perspective is. So first off, a lot of tech investments are coming up short. Uh, they're solving, as you wrote, a, a isolated problems in logistics with limited impact. And so we have to really be careful that when we're spending money that we're actually getting business value, whether it's adding more value for the customer, giving us a competitive advantage, reducing our costs, something. There has to Absolutely. be a, there has to be a, a return. Uh, secondly, you talked about the industry itself. After we've had these tech investments, uh, the people working in this industry are going to have to change what they do. Because if you want to still be part of the equation, you're going to have to add value in a different way. And there's a lot of people who've spent started their career tracking freight, building carrier networks. After a while, when that stuff gets easier and easier because of technology, you're going to just have to keep upskilling. You're going to have to find a way to say, I, I'm i the guy who can look at the data and, and make pr- recommendations that makes the process better. Absolutely. And, Faster, and that's what, better, cheaper. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what the human brain should be doing, right? It's, it's using creativity. It's using, it's using all of the various different experiences you have to go help solve the increasingly more difficult problems as the machines get better at saying, you're just going to say one, so I'll say one for you. Like what, you know, how do, how do we, how do we put those brains to good use, which is going to lead to better technology, lead to better services and experiences for everybody in the industry. So it's a worthwhile evolution. What's that third point that the CTO wants us to pay attention to? Well, now the, I, th- I go, this kind of bleeds into what we had talked about before, but it's the partnership angle. It's the, it's, if all the silos were removed, you know, the amount of streamlining efficiency, the amount of true visibility people could have goes a long way. And I think those partnerships are, are sort of that, that how we get to that level two of what logistics technology is. And that means being willing to share data with folks that you might consider a competitor, a competitive you know, competitor enough, I guess, right? because together, you know, there's, there's five, six, seven brokers in this industry that have a combined a ton of data on the shipments that are moving every day, but each of them independently have a, you know, maybe a small boat floating in this giant ocean. The way you get to real efficiency, where you get to the real, you know, kind of the smart, the smart machines that can do some of these things, you need those inputs, you need that information. And I think, you know, it's going to take some people seeing the proofs in the pudding, but if you could like paperwork, I'll go back to paperwork as being one of my, and maybe it's just me, but one of my least favorite parts of the entire industry. Cause even as tech starts to proliferate and get better, we have, we have other companies coming online that are making it easier. They'll read the paperwork for you and tell you if the paperwork says it's, we know we physically have, you know, technology, especially with things like ELDs. We know who was where. Now we're still missing that gap that says this was the shipment that was now put onto this truck. And I'll bring that over to an insurance perspective, which is, if we know when you're loaded, when you're not loaded, we, we have physical facts when those things are being put on, what commodities actually are being put onto your truck. You know, when you've crossed that that borderline from US to Mexico, this is where insurance heads to, which is this, you know, kind of behavior usage-based insurance model where it's 
hey, this is what you need right now to ensure your risk. Right. And this is what you don't need instead of these kind of, well, I could be moving something worth this. So therefore I'm going to have that. There, you know, there's federal minimums and things like that today, but we'll see if that starts to adjust, which is, you know, you're moving on this risky path and you have this risky commodity and therefore you want to be, you want to cover your risk higher than that. And I think that the example with that, if you don't have an insurance partner who's willing to evolve in that direction and partner in that kind of way, you're going to be still paying that single, single policy amount and just hoping hoping it, you know, that you're leveled out at what you should be paying across the board, which we all know isn't true. Even look at now today, you can put a little dongle for your own car and it'll say you're a safer driver than the other person. You know, we have ELDs, we're mandating it for safety. Well, let's start using it. And, and we're working with a lot of partners today at, at Reliance Partners that are moving into that space. Okay, well, if you're being safer and ELDs are meant to make sure you are, why aren't we giving you something back or reward for, right. for that? Before we hit record, we were talking about tomorrow IO. And I'm going to introduce you, but tomorrow I has this weather app. And what they were saying, and they were on my podcast, is 25% of delays, 25% of accidents are tied to weather. Can we, can we start looking at the weather and saying, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to adjust some of my loads so I don't hit bad weather. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I've done the math. I've done, I've worked this out. I'm more likely to be able to be on time. And again, somebody said to me, breaking it down, oh, we're going to delay a load because it rained. That's that's breaking it down really <laughs> overly simple, oversimplifying a, a complex problem. But if I know, if you knew as an insurance guy, hey, these guys don't, they, they, they route around the weather. And as a result, they have fewer accidents. Well, we're going to get a, we're going to get a, a better rate. And if we can prove Hey, most of the time our trucks are carrying this load as opposed to a more expensive load. I can do better, get better my rate. This is to your point, collaborating with the data that we're now starting to have. And I think, and, and we just need more visibility into it. So, you know, seeing this from an insurance angle, you know, you, you can spend a couple of days looking at it going, oh man, this is stuff that, that a lot of people would love to be able to, to understand. And, and honestly, all the way down to insurance is one angle, but the more of those components that come online, which I expect to be happening over the years as people move into more of these niche spaces, when you're talking about weather, when you're talking about dynamic routing, when you're talking about things like uh, dynamically adjusting kind of your risk coverage, it requires partnerships up and down the supply chain, right? It requires, you know, a, a topic that comes up, we talked about early on, Joe, is like the blockchain, right? We're gonna, it's all gonna be a blockchain, which is another one of those big data AI. Let's just throw a word out there, right? A blockchain is is nearly useless if you say, I have a blockchain from the thing is picked up to the thing is delivered. What thing, you know, and what happened after that fact? And just because it was delivered, did it actually get moved from the dock into the, into, you know, where it's going to go through fulfillment, whatever? Like the, all of this requires that collaboration up and down. And I think it's, it's funny because you put up these walls assuming that, you know, that that's going to produce some sort of benefit to you or you wouldn't know what it is that I do. But hey, that guy who got stuck on the side of the road for weather, he's going to be late. You can yell, you can scream, you can shout, you can not unload him, you can be as mad as you want. He's going to be late. And, and in doing so, it's going to be disruptive to the operations you have. Why, why aren't those systems able to talk and say, listen, hey, now here's what we're trending to. Move this person in front of that one because he's going to be early. Move this one instead of that. And a lot of this comes down to you just say, well, you're third in line. I'm still waiting on second in line. So sit there until second in line comes. Right. And I think blockchain, and again, it's a whole nother topic, but it is blockchain is so we can collaborate. And I think what it allows you to do is we, I can share the information. Let's just say I'm sharing my information with you and 20 other companies. 
but I'm sharing only a sliver of, of the information and blockchain will let me do that. But we're doing it all in real time. We're all able to make better decisions because we shared. And again, it doesn't mean everybody can see my business. I, I can share what I need to share. But anyway, I like the idea. But it's it's collaboration. It's the connectivity with all the systems and all of the partners that we want to connect with. Absolutely. So I'm going to summarize some of these and then I want to get to you on to the next point here. But first off, investments are coming up short, the tech investments. So sure. from the CTO perspective, we need to do a better job of understanding the business value of this. Secondly, we talked about logistics should be more about, not just about savings, find new ways to add value. And, and people get used to the idea that you're going to have to solve increasingly complex problems because that's what people do. Uh, last, we just talked about this, this idea of collaboration and expanding the reach of logistics tech kind of beyond what we're doing right now. And that's really knocking down all the damn silos and even maybe collaborating with people you never thought you'd collaborate with before. So what's the next one? I mean, these all kind of blend together. So, but I think the, the kind of, you know, I'll say one of the final points that we had, that we had talked about, right. Is how expertise shines brighter. I can tell you, you know, at the company that I'm at right now, our entire executive board has been the client, right? Has been the people that we serve, understands their frustrations, or has worked directly alongside of them in this insurance game directly to consult on that. And that is a huge reason why when we walk into the room and we talk to, you know, some of the big names, you know, we, we have something to offer that others don't. I think you know, aside from uh, aside from the little promotion there of ourselves, I think I think that's where this starts to become a from the sea of same, and it's all we all are the best at the thing. You'll never hire like we do, and you can never find the thing. What? Yeah, we got it. But the reality it it comes from how you serve up that expertise, and a lot of that's going to come from the systems that you do to, to wash away the rest of it. Which, like I said, sort of a, a bit of a redundant point here, but I think how okay. So let's talk. Maybe we'll we'll go a level deeper. How do you get to that right? And what it comes from is you can't, if you start at square one with the partnerships that you're working in and, and Hey, this is uh you know, we really like this one partner and whether it's insurance or it's development, right. Or it's whatever technology platform, if you're starting at square one with them and you're catching them up on all the expertise that you have, you're just delaying, you're delaying getting to even that first stage and then launch from there. So we very, you know, strategically pick the partners we work with one that I know you've, you've, you've known before, which is MTech. These are, these are people that logistics is simple at face value, at least, you know, in this brokerage and, and even in the insurance space, I have information. I have, you know, I have various different places I can, I can go to, to get you a policy and let's just connect those two dots. Every level you peel that onion back further and further and further, the harder it gets. And I think, I think people, as we start talking about coming online and, and as we start talking about partnerships, people are going to fall to the wayside. It's kind of that innovators dilemma kind of thing to some degree where it's, you know, well, we're the biggest and baddest and it's like, cool, but, but what is your, what is that network around you? look like? What does your team look like? Not just how good exactly. you are inside, but what does your team look like? And, and when the next guy is getting uh, prioritized on shipments because his safety data is straight, you know, coming from the horse's mouth, being very visible in front of that TMS or that, that ERP system, that person's going to, going to beat you out in those things, even right. if the prices are the same or the prices are slightly higher. So what are you going to do? Are you going to start then and say, okay, we got to ramp this up and we got two years to get there. I think this, you know, like it's getting more competitive because it's getting harder. Right. And I think you mentioned partners. And, and, and so I think for a long time, when you think about carriers and brokers and the shippers, the, the, you'd have brokers in the middle saying, oh, I'm going to try and get that carrier to take a little less money. More and more, the data says, hey, that lane is worth this much. 
you know, so you might get him to knock down 25, 50 bucks. And then you try and convince that shipper. Oh no, you have to pay this much. This is the going rate. And he looks and says, no, it's not. I, I, I have the same data you do. Right. So how do we make more money? How do we do better is how we partner. So maybe, maybe I say, Hey, look, I've got a smarter insurance partner like Reliance and I get a better rate on this because we did this, this, and this. What? So it's it's expanding beyond the old. I knocked fifty dollars off the carrier and added an extra fifty bucks to the shipper, and that's what makes me a good freight broker. Nope. <laughs> what makes you a good freight broker is this collaboration, potentially with an insurance company. But you mentioned MTech. I think they work with dozens of lots logistics companies and TMSs, transportation management systems. So. I think what's interesting about that is that's potentially an advantage. So when somebody says, hey, can you do this, this, and this for us? Well, you might be a logistics company and you don't, might not have a big tech bench. It's nice to say, oh, yeah, we absolutely can do that, knowing you got a partner who can do that for you. Absolutely. And that's where we got to get to because, if, by the way, we've always known the importance of carrier partners. Sure. I said, I'm going to do the air quotes because not every carrier is treated like a partner by every broker. but But the smart ones are doing that. And talked about, you know, you're you're in the insurance biz now. You want to have a carrier, I mean, an insurance carrier that is your partner. Same as I want a tech partner. So I think this is all comes back to this collaboration because the way we're going to stay in business, the way we're going to add more value is going to be by more collaboration, opening up your mind because it's just not going to come the, the way it came. Wow, 10 more years inputs, ago. Joe. Listen, can I, can I tell you the uh, the biggest downfall of uh, kind of marketplace pricing? I moved the shipment; it's five hundred dollars. My system now knows another shipment that I had used. I, I used the last year of data that told me it was five hundred dollars. Well, I just added another five hundred dollars. Well, guess what? I'm going to price it for next time five hundred dollars. And then it gets in these loops, so you start to be in that tiny circle, right? So now you say, well, what can I get from the outside, right? Looking into the past to infer the future has some advantage, right? But there's what do you now put? What can you do to tune those knobs? And I think the more you can get inputs from these outside sources, and the more that people start to bring those things online. I think you're going to have a huge advantage in how we can actually move some of that pricing. And, and to be honest, that comes one of those, like, to me, that's another one of those right to play the games where, listen, this is going to be this thing. Let's stop pretending that it's anything different. Move those out of the way. Now let's talk about this really difficult, hairy problem and see who's the best at solving that particular one. And that's not just brokers, right? That's what carriers can can provide the best services, the most reliably, right? Which are the ones that are going to be the safest on the road and and, and are going to be able to you know, connect back to these systems that then can kind of drive more efficiency across the board. So there's a, there's a lot of data out there. And I think it's, it's the beauty is we're creating more and more of it every day. The difficulty is you got to build things on top of it to make it consumable. And you got to find, you got to get out of your sphere of data and assume, you know, I don't care how many shipments you move in a day, you're still moving a pin drop of the total shipments that are moving around the country and the world. So how do you expand those views and get more more creative, you know? How do you get more inputs that you can make your own proprietary sort of decisions? Right. And it really comes down to how you're doing it today is probably going to be, probably not going to do it the same way next year. Things are changing very rapidly and the cost is coming out of this. So we have to find new ways to add value. Technology is going to do a lot of the simple stuff. So I'm going to summarize these couple points here that, and then I want to get your final thoughts on this. And before you go, I want to hear what's going on over at Reliance. So First thing we talked about was the PWC survey, which I will 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 uh, put a link to that research in the show notes. But it's really the, the idea of tech investments coming up short. A lot of companies rushed in to spend money on tech. 
and they didn't all get their money's worth. And boy, oh boy, that, that really screws you up because other people are getting their money's worth. And by the way, next time you go back to the boss and say, hey, we want to we want to do this, this, and this, they'd be like, oh, like last year when you wasted my money? Yeah, <laughs> right? honestly. So we got to make sure that we're really getting the value out of our tech investment. Secondly, logistics tech is going to do the easy stuff. For the freight tech stuff that we're all talking about all the time on my podcast is going to do the simple work. So you have to, we, we as an industry are going to have to upgrade our skills and we're going to have to become, uh, you know, I use the term data scientist, but it's being able to look at data and s- infer some things and make recommendations well beyond uh, what we did anecdotally for so many years. Second, uh, third point we talked about is this idea of collaboration. We need to collaborate. We need to be able to kind of, if you're going to add more value, that means you're probably going to get that value from some partners. It might be your insurance partners. It might be your freight tech partners, the guys who do your 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 new app or help sure. you connect to the ERP that you couldn't connect to. That's where we're going to, we're going to get more value by collaborating. And I think we all, we all have had this idea that I got to put my arms around my business and not let anyone know everybody's doing it's kind of the same way. <laughs> I'll tell you the best example of that, Joe, ready? There's a lot of a lot of people out there have their own load boards today. There's two load boards that both of us know that most people listening to you know where we're we're most people still meet. That's still the water cooler. What is that? That's a, a pure example of collaboration, which is that people want to go to where there's where there's all sides of a different equation because that's how you fill in the gaps on this stuff. And I think you know that's a very telling example of if you can work together, it's useful. I want you to to be able to get a shipment from someone else because it'll get you back to to my shipper where we got to go move the thing. That's collaboration. Right now, that's got to be done by grassroots. And maybe you talk to a guy and you figure it out. Technology should be able to solve a lot of that stuff. But it's not going to if people don't work together on it. Right. So final thoughts from the CTO perspective, Mario. Final thoughts. Wow. How much time you got, Joe? <laughs> now, I, I, I think what's most, I would say that this, if you're not excited by where we're at in this industry at this time and the things that I, I've been very, very fortunate. Uh, I've been in the shark tank, you know, the think tank, the dunk tank. I feel like I've gotten a lot of, I've, I've gotten, uh, I've been through quite the ringer uh, over the last, you know, 12, 13 years. And I, I think what, just seeing what it was to what it's become right now and seeing how many people are staring at the problem saying, yeah, you're right. Tech does have an advantage here. Tech is not the answer to anything by the end, right? It's there always is tech should be removing all the stuff. That's not what, what we're good at and letting us shine as, as, you know, as humans and what we can do. And I think I'm excited to see, this is going to be an interesting inflection point, right? It's a, we can raise big money and we can put out a shiny app and we, you know, and all these other things, a website, and we're going to do dynamic this and dynamic that. And we're using models and AI and good, great. What we're doing is creating a bunch of data. Now who's going to be able to go to that next level. And, and to me, it's, it is the ones that are going to partner. We've said that, I mean, we could just keep pounding in the same points here, but right. I think, I think what, what, what is unique about seeing a different perspective of this industry, very, very closely tied, same clients, right? Just a different conversation is seeing how, you know, it reminds you how wide this thing is and how many different components go into this from maintenance, right? So who's your supplier for the various different parts all the way up to, you know, to tech vendors, like you said, to insurance providers, to, to cleaning crews. I mean, this is a massive industry to weather, right? This is a massive industry that works outside that is, actively moving. I think sometimes we sit in a, in a room and we forget about that. This is an active, active moving organism. It's how do we get those things to play together in a way that, that makes some of the, the, what is perceived difficult today makes that easier, right? That, that right. stuff, let's move it to the left and let's focus on the next big thing. I'm excited to see what, what people can do and, you know, excited to be 
from an insurance perspective, especially excited to be a part of how we can help drive some of that. So, yep. So before you go, tell us a little bit about what's going on over at Reliance Partners and how we can read. Well, first off, who do you serve? Who's your sweet spot? Yeah, uh, that's, well, you know, I, what do I say, Joe? And it's everybody in the logistics space, but primarily carriers. I mean, we're, we are a, a trucking focused commercial auto insurance agency. We do, we do have different solutions for brokers that we work with. There's some shippers interest solutions. I mean, we, we, we can serve all parts of the supply chain because that's where we come from. The, you know, the logistics and supply chain area. Mainly what we're doing is we're providing insurance to, to trucking companies. And when I say providing insurance, a lot of people provide insurance, Joe. There's a lot of people who wear a suit, walk in, pat you on the back, buy you a steak and, and buy you insurance. What's unique to what Reliance Partners can do is we we analyze who you are and we collect the information we need. And we work with 200 different insurance markets, right, that we can then find the exact match that's going to be the best for you. Pricing obviously is going to come in a lot, but there's a lot of things that are, hey, this is dynamic to the operation you are. You're very safe and you're willing to do these extra steps to prove you're very safe. Well, then you should be, this let's, This seems more of your area, right? There's other ones where it matters how many years in business, right? What the safety, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that have been flowing this. If you go to a single website and try to get an insurance quote and that's and you think that's your best option, I can tell you having, having been a part of this now for about a year that there is a, a lot of solutions out there that can be very tailored to providing you know, something that you really, really need. So I think it's, it's, if you don't think it's important, just go over to Freight Waves, follow Freight Waves like you should anyway. And look how many articles pop out that talk about carriers going out of business. And a lot of times it's insurance stuff. A lot of times it is something related to their costs got too high. Yeah. And I always think, God, if you, if you, if you uh, read enough of those articles, you go, well, the, yeah, for some reason that something went wrong here. Maybe, and I've, I've done podcasts on the nuclear verdicts yeah. that trucking companies have, it's driving, it's driving companies out of business. Sure. So we do need to start thinking differently about how we move those trucks across and how we insure them and take this risk out of it. So I love what you guys are doing with kind of that innovative approach and I'll call it the tech-based approach. I think I think where we head is tech. I think right now we have a we are doing a very good job with technology being a backbone of it, but doing a very good job. Listen, Joe, we have 25 languages we speak. You know, we have 31, 31 languages, 25 nationalities or swap those two numbers a lot over, over 20 and 30 of either. And that's because that's what the industry is, right? Where when you're there talking are about a lot company, of immigrant drivers, I noticed that. Well, when you're talking about a company of, of, you know, less than 300 people to have that many different nationalities and languages represented, you know, that's where, cause we know that that's what this industry is, right? Our, our, like I said, our executive team from large carrier executive team management to, to large brokers, to you know, top insurance companies in this particular space. The, the, what we focused on thus far is our expertise, and we will find you a solution that is going to be best catered to you. Do we win it every time? Of course not. But we're we're going to try our damnedest to say, hey, listen, here's what the options are for you, and this is what makes sense. Now, I will tell you where we're going is we're we are in the process of rolling out new platforms as we, as we speak. That are, hey, how quick can we make that insurance process? How do we get it to where you know from weeks and weeks to days, right? And making it so that you know what's happening and, and you can make that done quickly. How do we provide that system expertise? Hey, what are you paying for insurance? What are people like you paying? Are you paying the right amount of money for someone who fits into your profile? You know, we have that data, and we're going to start using that to to provide it back to customers and, and clients of ours to show them. Listen you're kind of maybe getting bamboozled here. You're way overpaying. You never move shipments like this. Why are you paying for the the one shipment a year when you can just get this, you know, this, this uh, excess cargo rider or something like that. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of this heads. Interestingly enough, looking at this, right. 
I know I can tell you right now, based on endorsements being added to policies, new drivers being added to policies, drivers being removed from policies, we have the first we have the first glimpse into where where things happen in the industry because of this unique perspective. And I will tell you that that's that that's how everybody needs to be thinking of what components can they can they offer and you know anonymized and in, in, in safe ways that paint a bigger picture. And I think that's where this whole kind of partnerships thing. Yeah. You know, where does insurance fit in? Not only behavior based and, and being a, a tech forward partner that can that can solve your problems alongside you and, and, and integrate into your systems and make it very seamless, but also what insights can we provide that allow you to have a different perspective than the next guy? Yeah, I love that. It, you, you, you guys are not uh, your grandfather's uh, insurance company. And I think this is what you need because again, to be competitive, we're all going to need the tech. We've talked a lot about that. We're all going to need partners. And again, I think it's knocking down the silos. And if somebody says, Hey, we became more competitive because we got better insurance. We, or you mentioned behavior based. I know there's a lot of things that go into it. Becoming more knowledgeable about what your insurance carriers want. If that saves you money, makes you more competitive, then isn't that Wouldn't worth a conversation? It? Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> don't know that. I mean, all the way down to we have safety programs with people that have come from the trucking that have, you know, that are, that are, that are judging whether your truck's been prepped correctly in, in a trucking competition. Like if they told you, Hey, just tuck your elbow left and you can save a little bit more money. You're, you're, you're hurting yourself here. Or, Hey, right. this is what you look like in the insurance world. Do you even know that? Let's let's help you get that profile into a place that's going to make you appear better. That's the type of, of services we're providing that, to be honest with you, I think it's an industry that's generally sat back and said, well, you need it. So guess what? Right, I'll, call right. you, I'll call you the day before and say you still need it. I think we're taking a much more proactive approach. And, and I think that that's only going to grow as we get a lot of these technology solutions out. Excellent. Excellent. Mario, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's nice to Thanks, hear and from a guy who's been around in kind of really i'll call a few different parts you are in the brokerage part but also now in the insurance part and uh who knew who knew the insurance business was going tech too <laughs> yeah hey you know what we got to talk about joey didn't is how how come we don't have any of these big brokers where's the michigan the detroit area logistics scene we got two of the biggest border crossings in america we have you know there's an office a satellite That's office right. around every corner but where's Who's going to come here and, uh, and 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 start a big fish here in the Detroit area? Yeah, it's interesting because all the yeah, four four and a half hours away over in Chicago land, I think it's twenty five percent of the freight in the country goes through there. We're we're how yeah, not far from Chicago. We're sort of centrally located, like I said, by border crossings. We have you know, we got we some of the biggest shippers makers, right the here. Shippers right here. It's it's interesting that no one's in a huge metropolitan area full of some of the talent. You know, we have some of the most talented colleges in America that these kids. Oh yeah. Your school, Michigan to. state's the number one supply chain school every year. So who's going to come out here and do it, Joe? I need, I need <laughs> let me know. Exactly. I, I know there's some guys listening going, it's us, it's us, but I'm it's not going to say their name. <laughs> All right. Well tell them we're waiting. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time, Mario. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated until next time onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.